Oh, okay. Casey, you here? I'm here. What's up? Uh, hey. hey. Uh, How so, you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> so today we're talking about like a very hillbilly-ish version of the Moses story. Um, and and it's it, it's a hillbilly version of the Sargon of Akkad story. Not 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 to say Carl Benjamin is has a hillbilly background. What I'm saying is is that the Sargon of Akkad, the the historical uh, king. He has a similar birth story to Moses, and except this is going to have a hillbilly twist on it. Yeah, because Moses gets sent away to a foreign land, and the and his soon-to-be father-in-law Jethro, you know, auctions <laughs> off his daughter to Moses for the lowest bid. Why well, he just kind of gives it, gives her it. To him. <laughs> <laughs> it women are it here on the godless engineer no, no 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 women are it in the bible because right. they're property right and and just just so we'll clarify moses wasn't sent anywhere he fled because he killed somebody and he was scared well no in the moses story though like when pharaoh orders all of the babies to be killed and whatnot uh, his mother sends puts them in a basket sends them down to well, yeah, over. but he was still in Egypt at that point. He got caught in some stuff and got found by the Pharaoh's daughter. It's like, it's that's when he went away, that was him fleeing because he killed somebody. Well, uh, okay, so I get that part mixed up, but you, you people get the idea. You've heard the story millions of times. <laughs> millions? M- literally millions, because so many freaking movies have been made off of this awful story. That's true. All of them cut out the the ad uh, the the emergency circumcision on the road to <laughs> Egypt, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's interesting part. Well, we'll get there. Yeah. So, heathens, I hope that you are ready to dig yourself in because this is going to get us all the way up until the plagues today. Uh, we are starting in Exodus one. Yes. Uh, one one. One so, one. And then we're going to get all the way up to the plague. So I hope that you guys enjoy this today. Yeah. Okay. So what's interesting here, before we start Exodus, Genesis ended with Joseph's death, right? And um, as you all know, Joseph was a key figure in Egyptian history. He was just as powerful as the Pharaoh for a very long time, right? He right. he served Egypt well, he ran it. I mean, he he saved the Egyptians through the seven years of famine. So he's a pretty big deal, right? Don't want to brag. Pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, to forget him would be like to forget, uh, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln. I would think. Yeah, you know, maybe. well, I mean, it just you know, he's such an influential figure. Yeah. For for getting the it's because I mean it's kind of like oh if it wasn't for him we wouldn't be here today. <laughs> I mean you would think well, that yeah. would be enough to teach in Egyptian school. Well yeah I mean especially given the the seven years of famine and Egypt would not have survived without Joseph's foresight. I mean he was he was a seer so he saw that this was going to happen seven years prior and saved saved the kingdom i mean he saved the whole entire people too too bad he didn't see the shenanigans to play out later with the whole (laughs) forgetting of his influence yeah so after he died to the beginning of exodus it's it's really interesting about 400 years pass before anything is recorded scripturally 
And if you're into the whole numerology, number theory kind of stuff, like number 23 type deal, that's 40 times 10. Thank you for that little bit of math. Well, well, it, you know, 40, you know, is a significant <laughs> number in the Bible. It is. As is 10. I got you. We're, we're good. We're on board. All right. So 400 years have passed. And basically the descendants of um, the tribes of Israel are multiplying throughout that 400 years. There's nothing to say about this time period, apparently, other than... Um, Exodus starting out, it relists all of the sons of Israel, which we're not going to do right now. You remember them. We went through the tribes last time. Um, and basically all it says is the descendants, um, they multiplied and generations, even though all of Joseph's and all of his brothers and all of their generation died, um, all of the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly, becoming exceedingly numerous and Egypt was filled with them. Right. So <clears throat> Genesis uh, 1 8 starts talking about the new king, which is the new pharaoh in Egypt. Um, he didn't know anything about Joseph. So that's kind of what we were talking about last time. How does this king, this pharaoh, not know about Joseph? It's only 400 years later. And Joseph was kind of a big thing. And he doesn't know who he is. So, um, he said to his people, the Israelites have become too numerous for us. Come, we must act shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, uh, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and, uh, and leave the country. So the, they're, they're saying that, um, they're, they're basically afraid. They're afraid that these, these group of people who aren't Egyptians have become far too strong for them to control. So, they put slave masters over them, oppressed them with forced labor, um, built store cities for Pharaoh that they had to, um, that they had to work in. Um, they, they did a lot of brick and mortar labor, um, all kinds of work in the fields and the Egyptians were ruthless with them. Right. Um, and I would like to point out how apologists, say that this is like the only mention of slavery in the Bible, which is hilarious when you think about it. But that, you know, they, they point out, they point to this as like, Oh, see the Bible speaks against slavery. The spy, the, the Bible painted in a very bad light because the, the Israelites were, you know, enslaved by the Egyptians. It, it, don't forget the, the Israelites sold themselves into slavery. <laughs> it's their own fault that they are being enslaved. Not to mention the fact that in contrast, they say that what most people say is slavery is actually indentured servitude, which it would be like what uh, I believe it was Jacob, what Jacob got into with uh, Leah and the other, the other one, Rachel, Rachel, uh, their yeah, their father. I mean, kind of, yeah, kind of like that. But um, it, that was a little different because he was paying for the daughters. Well, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. indentured servitude. Right. Uh, apologists say that that is what most people try to paint as slavery. 
in the Bible, and that's it, just not it. No, no, that's this, not it at all. This this slavery right here that is endured by the Israelites is mm-hmm. the same slavery that they go on to later subject people of other nations to. Right. It's oppression and forced labor. It's not indentured servitude. Um, they are absolutely op- oppressed and forced according to the Bible. Um, now, historic, you know, history doesn't necessarily coincide with this, but that's, you know. Well, yeah, because there's no evidence to suggest that Jews were slaves in Egypt around this time. Yeah. Uh, like at all. So. Yeah. So the king of Egypt, um, to- he called on the Hebrew midwives. Um, apparently there's only two in all. All of the Israel nation, which I say nation as a people, not government, Israel as a a people, um, called upon the two uh, midwives and told them, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. Uh, the midwives feared God. So the, these, the Israelites were still very, um, very God fearing people. Um, the God of Abraham was still the God of, you know, Isaac and the God of Jacob that was still their God like that. They were still very much into that. Um, so the Hebrew midwives, they feared, they feared God and they couldn't kill the little boys. So, um, Pharaoh found out that they weren't killing the boys and he summoned them again and said, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And this is so funny to me. I don't know why I find this hilarious, but the midwives answered Pharaoh and said, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So Hebrew women are vigorous. Let let, let us know down in the comments if you know any vigorous Hebrew women. (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, like I can, I can imagine vigorous women in bed, but like <laughs> vigorous women, like what were they doing, running through the streets trying to get it out sooner? Kind of like one of those big turds. No, I just think they were probably like. I think what he was, or what the, what the midwives were trying to say is that they're more, um, they're more sturdy. Egyptian women are more fragile, so. Um, you know, Hebrew women, they just have them suckers, shoot them out, and then they're back. You know what I mean? Like, so, they. So basically, they're like, look, Egyptian women are like real housewives of Atlanta. They're <laughs> fake as fuck, and they're, and they're just, they're, they need to be pampered. But these Hebrew women, I mean, they just, it is just a shoot at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of, at least that's how it seems to me. So I don't know. I found this part funny. Um, so. God was kind to the midwives apparently because they feared him and they didn't kill all the Hebrew, the Hebrew little boys. And, uh, the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Um, which I think is interesting. Like the only reason he gave them families is because they didn't kill the boys like they weren't able to have families elsewise i mean isn't that kind of i mean it, i'm i'm beginning to remember chris rock a lot lately yeah because he's like because he has this one bit where he's talking about his daughter being all, like like have uh, like your job as a father's keep her off the pole and all that <laughs> and and like fathers are like but i pay my child support it's like 
you're supposed to do that. What do you want? A cookie? <laughs> it's like, all right, you're not supposed to kill little babies as a midwife. What do you want? A cookie? <laughs> yeah. So apparently their cookie was a family. So God was like, hey, you know, thanks for doing me a solid there and not killing all these little kids, even though God would do it. Yeah. Actually, we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. We're get to yeah, that. yeah. Which, uh, actually, oddly enough, you know, I, I just now I'm just now seeing this parallel uh, because you know framing up these allegories and whatnot are very important to telling a story, right? Uh, so, in it begins with you know the pharaoh killing all of these firstborn male babies, mm-hmm. and then God, well, not firstborn, all the male babies. Well, all male babies, not Hebrew. not firstborn Hebrew babies, Hebrew babies. So, but. but uh, all all these babies, uh, mm-hmm. all these Hebrew babies, and then God ends it, ends the entire like the, uh, the like ends the enslavement and all that kind of stuff with killing all of the firstborn. Yeah. It's very interesting how it's framed that way, and this is also a key indicator that it's more of a um, fiction than actual store actual historical event. Yeah, the writing style and everything like that. Um, so. Pharaoh then, because the midwives obviously weren't, weren't cutting it. Pharaoh gave the order to all of his people, every boy that is born, you must throw him into the Nile, but let every girl live. So it was the responsibility of the Egyptian people and the Hebrew people, frankly, to throw baby boys into the river to drown to death. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I bet you the Nile fucking stank. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine somebody getting out there like, oh man, it smells like dead babies this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it would like, so you throw them in, they drown. And then of course their bodies are going to, you know, become bloated and they're going to float and they're going to go to the shore and they're going to rot. And it's, I, I can't even fathom what, how they would deal with this, you know, baby dead body problem yeah i i I don't know i i I kind of figure my guess is is that they're just sort of tossing the babies in there and then they're just like ah somebody else will figure it out (laughs) or maybe maybe they're just betting on wildlife like maybe like the well yeah because they're small so the fish and whatever maybe eat it why are we talking about ways to dispose of dead babies? See, this is what the Bible does to you. <laughs> it makes you think about the logistics of throwing babies into the river and, and <laughs> them dying and everything. That's what it does. See, that's why this is not a good book. See, that's why you can't have context. That's why That's why everything is out of context. You can't have context or else you start to ask questions. So you just got to have faith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, A man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman. Now, Levi, if you uh, don't remember, which you should, because it was from last time. And if you haven't watched last time or listened to last um, week's uh, daily Bible podcast, you need to. Um, One of the tribes of Israel was Levi, Simeon and Levi. And Levi was one of the brothers who killed all of the men in that village so that they could plunder and take their women. Simeon is the uh, monkey brother. He had a monkey tail and he swung from the trees. Stop. <laughs> Later known as Tarzan. Stop. So, <laughs> so this is the kind of shit that we do. You want to tell him what I did to your boy this weekend? 
about uh, the, the circular door the revolving door. oh yeah so we went to the tennessee aquarium and they had the revolving doors and this kind of confused xander at first and so like uh xander at one point went around too far so kc was like you know if you go around it too many times a portal opens to japan and you go there <laughs> there was this lady there was this lady that was going through behind us and she rocked out and heard me say that to him and she just like she had to stifle herself from bursting out laughing because she couldn't believe that i told a child if you don't get out and you go back around the other side you'll you'll go through a portal to japan she could not believe i said that <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of shit we do. We tell people stuff, you know, just to, but yeah, it's fun. Well, yeah, but I mean, Xander came out and he's like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, he, you know, he knows fact from fiction. And he, <laughs> but I look back at him and I was like, how do you know? You too afraid to do it? Why don't you try? <laughs> <laughs> he did not try. <laughs> so how much does he not believe? Uh, well, my my guess is is that the point got across that he didn't need to go around <laughs> multiple times, <laughs> not that he was going to disappear. <laughs> okay, anyway, that's our sorry, that's our weekly Xander story. Um, this week with Xander. <laughs> there we go. We get a song for it now. Awesome, thanks. Ben. Um, so. House of Levi. So Moses was born to the house of Levi. So this this Levi man and, and Levite woman uh, got married. She became pregnant, gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Um, but when she could hide him no longer, she got a, a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch, and placed it in the child. It placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Uh, again, uh, Sargon of Akkad, the historical king, mm -hmm. has uh, just about a word-for-word -word, like uh, birth story to yeah. Moses. So, just in case you're wondering if this is copied in any way, I can guarantee you that like there, there's no way there were multiple quote-unquote kings because that's what Moses ends up becoming is like a king of the Israelites, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, multiple kings in the past. It's not like that was a ritual they went through. Like, oh, all right, you're going to be king. Let's put you in a basket, put you in the river, and send your ass on down. See what happens. Like that's just <laughs> that's not that's not how kings were treated back then. Just so you know. So it's highly <laughs> unlikely that both of these uh, figures had similar background stories to the T. Just yeah. to point that out. Yeah. So, um. Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. Her attendants were walking along the riverbank and she saw the basket stuck among the reeds. And so she sent her slave girl, I, I mean, I mean, indentured servitude girl, um, down to, to get it. <laughs> and when the slave girl went down there and she saw the baby, he was crying and she felt sorry for him. So she told the uh, Pharaoh's daughter, this is uh, one of the Hebrew babies. Um, so, uh, how could how could you tell? Oh, I could tell. It's the big fucking nose right there. It gives it away. <laughs> so anyway, there was a Hebrew woman who was watching at the banks after they put him, after they put Moses into into the Nile, Moses' basket into the Nile. The woman that was standing on the banks watching was um, Moses's mother's sister, so Moses's aunt. And um, so 
she asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women uh, to nurse the baby for you? And yes, she, she told her, yes, go get, go get someone. So Moses' aunt went and got his mother and, uh, and Pharaoh's daughter said, take this baby, nurse him for me and I will pay you. Um, so she took Moses, nursed him. And then it says when the child grew older, we don't know how old, um, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and, uh, Moses became her son. Um, but at this point, Moses wasn't named Pharaoh's daughter actually named him Moses, uh, because the word, the Hebrew word for, draw to draw out sounds like Moses. So she said, I will name him Moses, um, as I drew him out of the water. Um, so now we're skipping all, all ahead to when Moses is grown up. We don't. What? Well, I was going to say also very much a key thing in, uh, the, uh, classical hero type. Yeah. Uh, you know, our hero pattern. Um, uh, I use this a lot. Raglan's uh, hero pattern. Uh, it perfectly describes these classical heroes, or at least the classical model of heroes. Uh, you know, as we know them now, uh, you know, heroes come in different flavors and whatnot. But I mean, they're still the classical hero type, and that's what that's what this person is. Yeah. So um, it makes sense that we would know nothing of the childhood, really, other than birth story. Yeah. So we do. We do. That's all we know. Once once Moses is part of the Pharaoh's family, we don't know what happens to him until later. Um, so uh, one day after Moses had grown up. Now, this is Exodus chapter two. Sorry, we moved into chapter two, verses 11 through 15. Um, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid at the thought. What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. Uh, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. Um, and, and so when he got there, he sat down by a well. So wait, did Moses, like Moses didn't find out that he is, he is a Hebrew or did he, did it say, did I just miss that part? No, he knew. Okay. So he, he knew, knew right there. Cause he said, he said, um, after he had grown up, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. So he knew he was a Hebrew, but we don't know how. I'm assuming I'm assuming that he knew all along that he was adopted, but we don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they have like they do they they, they always portray that particular uh thing differently in um in, in you know, movies and whatnot. I mean right. right off the top of my head I can think of like uh, I think like at least three movies about this. Yeah. Um, you know, and and they 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 always portray it as him coming across this information um either on accident uh or like somebody let it slip and so he just started asking the right questions or whatnot. So it's very interesting cuz like it's always a bigger point in like actual movies and and other storytellings of this. 
But here it's just like, oh, he saw he saw the dude beating uh, Hebrew, uh, one of his own. But what, oh, okay, when the fuck did that happen? Could you please clue us in a little bit here, story? I've got questions. Well, you know, the thing is, Exodus is, especially here, when you go from Genesis to the, from the closure of Genesis to the setup of Exodus and getting started in Exodus, you have a lot of holes. You've got a lot of holes in the story. Basically, it's just like, let's give you a few tidbits so you have enough to keep up and this is where we're going. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it really, it really does a poor job of you know, the, the backstory, I guess it assumes you have enough and tells you what it thinks is important, mm-hmm. okay. but, but there are a lot of holes. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack too much about that. That's okay. I think it's interesting here also because we're, we're going back to Genesis where wells have a major significance in, um, the establishment of towns or, where people had revelations or things like that. Wells are kind of a big deal. Like they dig a well to, um, you know, when they, when they establish a town as the sacrifice to God and they, they, they do, they build a well as like a covenant or like, it's, it's just, it's weird how wells are, um, portrayed. Well, I mean, it's, it's because, um, you know, wells are sources of water and water is generally seen as life you know, life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like that's the reason why baptism is done right. with water and whatnot. It's to, it's to wash away your sins and give you new life and all this other stuff. Like it has those kind of, uh, that kind of imagery yeah. associated with it. So it, it makes sense. Plus as far as founding of towns and whatnot, mm-hmm. I mean, in order to have a town, you have to have some kind of source of water. Otherwise well, you're just going to dry up. Right. So, but it's interesting because we go back to a well right here in Exodus. So when Moses fled to Midian, he sat down by a well. That's the first thing he did when he got there. Um, Well, so a priest of Midian who had seven daughters were coming out to the well to draw water and fill the troughs for their father's flock. Um, Some shepherds came along um, and drove the women away. Uh, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock for them. So the girls returned to their father and, um, he asked them, why have you returned so early today? And so they told them about Moses, but they told him that he was an Egyptian, uh, probably because he was raised by Pharaoh. So he probably was, you know, very clean, very well dressed. Um, even though he had been, he'd fled, we don't know for how long, um, he, he probably still had an appearance of a well-to-do person. Um, so the father said, where is he? Uh, why did you leave him, invite him and have him something to eat? So they went and got Moses and, um, Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. So Zipporah gave birth to a son. Moses named him Gershom saying, I have become an alien in a foreign land. So it's like, Hey, (laughs) Hey, Hey, nice to meet you, Moses. Um, I'm Jethro. (laughs) And, um, thanks so much for watering my sheep. I really, really appreciate it. Here's one of my daughters for you to fuck. 
and and wet. You're, you're totally not doing this whole thing justice, there, honey. Oh, let I'm me sorry. let me let me let me start over. Oh, okay. okay so let's go back. Okay, so this no. is Exodus chapter two, verse sixteen through twenty. Yeah, I know. But I'm I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna give it the tr- the real treatment it deserves. I got you. So cool. so Moses brings back you know waters and everything and jethro comes out and he's like whew i am so glad you were able to water my 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 herd sheep sheep <clears throat> Woo! i am so glad you're able to water my sheep there moses <sighs> you really saved me today these women they ain't worth nothing you know what i'm saying now listen i ain't got nothing to really pay you with except for maybe some sheep i don't know if you're one of them sheep fuckers but <laughs> no you're not a sheep fucker N- never okay good those are my fucking sheep listen <laughs> you can have one of my daughters uh, zipporah is really the only one i'm willing to part with will you take that in payment oh you will oh okay good you're just you're just one of them kitty fuckers come here zipporah <laughs> so that's um exodus by ge um, <laughs> no, that's how that's how moses gets a wife by ge <laughs> you know we've talked about doing this ge explains yeah <laughs> and doing doing short recordings of of john explaining different shit to people and um so you know we should that that, that would be a good one to do that would be funny <laughs> um okay so Anyway, they have a son. So now we skip ahead. We're we're going. I mean, we're not skipping ahead in the Bible. We're we're continuing on with Exodus. Um, but during that long period, and in case you were wondering, that long period is the time that Moses goes and flees to Midian. So during the period that Moses is in Midian, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. Their cry for help because of their slavery, not indentured servitude. They cried to God for help because of their indentured servitude. And I just did the quotes, the quote thingies. Well, yeah. Well, no, earlier when I was saying the apologists say that, the apologists say that this is definitely slavery that Mm -hmm. the Israelites are going through. But they try to contrast it with the indentured servitude, servitude, saying that, you know, those that are critical of the Bible, they want to say that indentured servitude is slavery, and that is not, in fact, what it is. So, it, it you know, this is slavery, but also the Israelites adopt the whole tradition of keeping slaves. Yeah. So they they were crying out to God for help. And so apparently God like, like little bitches <laughs> take your slavery like a man. <laughs> so, you you're a bad influence. Am I? Yeah. Okay. So um apparently God heard their cries and remembered his covenant with Abraham. I guess he'd forgotten sometime in the last 400 fucking years. Um, but, uh, his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. <laughs> oh, I'm concerned about all this fucking slavery and what happened to <laughs> my chosen people. I mean, I did choose these fucks. I just took a nap. God damn. Could you guys stay out of trouble for five fucking minutes? hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> Four hundred years. Um, so now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, um, who is a. If, if I've, I sort of forgot to mention this part, Jethro is a priest in Midian. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, Jethro's also a priest in the trailer park. <laughs> He'll absolve you for your sins. He's in lot 42. Yeah, it, but he does it for a price, and normally it's dick sucking. What? We made it. How long do we make it? What's that say? 31, 31 minutes. minutes. That's the longest we've ever made it. Boom. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, one of these days we'll make it through without any anything like that. Um, so... He led the flock to the far side of the desert uh, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Huh. Ho- Horeb? Horeb. H- Horeb. I don't know if that's it. H-O-R-E-B. Horeb. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go to Horeb, but I'm just going to sort of be there for a while, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wear goat intestines, son. <laughs> God. So the angel, there the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in the flames of the fire from within a bush. Uh, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn. And then Moses was like, whoa, (laughs) this is some dank weed. Ah, (laughs) Where are my memes? So Moses thought, I'm just going to ignore you. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush (laughs) not burn (laughs) You're gonna tell me this motherfucker ain't high? <laughs> I just see him over there like Oh shit. Is that bush burning? I'm gonna go poke it with a stick. His staff. <laughs> like there's no way you can't be there's no way that he's not high and he's also he's also thinking I should definitely go to that burning bush over there. <laughs> So when the Lord saw that that Moses had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Again, I don't see how this guy can't be high. It's like, whoa, did the bush just talk to anybody else here? Yeah, it said Moses. Moses. We're going to leave you alone now to talk with the burning bush, Moses. Yeah, don't fuck it. You're going to need some penicillin. (laughs) He's been around the block. (laughs) You know, that Jacob motherfucker you're related to got fucked by God. (laughs) Wait, no, Uh, Jacob did the fucking. uh, (laughs) You'll never get away from that midnight (laughs) pro wrestle in the middle of the desert. (laughs) Let's move on. Okay, so we are now in Exodus uh, chapter three. Uh, Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Almost turned into a Catholic story there. Well, this is interesting. This is take off your sandals. Uh, let's see. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Oh, take off your sandals. No, people do that. Don't, um, when you go into, um, who does that? Muslims? Who does that? They take off their shoes when they go into their place of worship. Japanese people. But what's the religion? Um, I don't know. Buddhism, Taoism, Jainism, Jainism. Or you know that guy? I think it is Buddhism because you know the guy on um, Bad Boys Two, the boss, the chief. Yeah. And he always wears white once you get to Bad Boys Two because he's trying out that woosah shit. And you always have to take off your shoes when you go into his office. So I guess that's this kind of take off your shoes. It's a holy place. You're standing on holy ground. Take your shoes off. So I guess that's the reason we should use when when Xander comes over. Hey, kid, take your shoes off and put them in your room. 
Yeah, but I think, the burn, ground. I think the burning bush would have been a lot more like, motherfucker, will you race in a barn? Take your goddamn shoes off. I get on dirt and my shit. <laughs> motherfucker, get over here. The bush is planted in dirt. Yeah, but it, it's, you know, holy dirt, not that peasanty dirt that fucking Moses is walking on. No, Moses is on holy ground. That's why he has to take a stand. Let's move on. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Yeah, I mean, motherfucker blinds people. Well, I mean, I'd imagine just the fucking bush was hot. <laughs> like, I mean, it was probably just putting off a lot of heat. Have you ever walked straight up to a fireplace and put your face close no, to it? It's hot as no, fuck. No, I don't try to burn my face off in a fireplace. No. I do. Why are you doing that? I don't. I don't do that. But like, I've sat next to a fireplace before, or next to a fire, and it's like really hot on your cheeks, and you got to back the fuck up a little yeah, bit. Have, have you ever been next to a fireplace and you just went in there and stuck your whole face in the burning? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said or what I meant. Damn. This this uh this this Daily Bible podcast is not going as planned. <laughs> um G- John forgot to feed me before we started and it's after eight o'clock and I'm hungry. Well the wait, no, that's gremlins. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um so now God's plan is revealed. So the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with honey and milk. Oh, okay, God. Um, how are you planning on doing that? Because my happy ass is sitting in a tent with my nagging ass wife. <laughs> if he's going to be if you're going to be raising him up out of there I would love to know how you're going to do that well before this like in Genesis God walked the earth all the time I know yeah so anyway the land flowing with milk and honey the home of the Canaanites Hittites Amorites Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Oh, the the parasites and the Jebusites? Jebusites. Jebus Jebusites. Jebus. Yes. <laughs> you know you did this when we talked about the jebusites in genesis too because <laughs> it's a funny fucking word jebusites <laughs> it's something we would call fucking christians now listen up here you jebusites <laughs> want to hear about your fucking christ okay now get off my lawn <laughs> and now the cry of the israelites has reached me and i have seen the way the egyptians are oppressing them uh, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God told him, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Uh, well, first of all, I don't understand why God talks about himself in the third person. Like, I mean, maybe this is a grammar <laughs> that I, I know it's weird that that's what bothers me out of this whole thing. This he says, I will be with you and this will be the sign. Okay. So you will bring the people out of Egypt and you will worship God on this mountain. And that's God talking. Well, yeah, it is. Um, but the, I don't know how to rationalize it. I mean, it's in the fucking Bible, so there's no real rationality to it, but I mean, it's like you will worship God on this mountain. I mean, maybe maybe that's just how they talked back then. Like, you, you will worship your God being me. 
So it's interesting, though, because it continues on to this next section, which is really super weird. So Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? It's not Jethro. You ready? <laughs> yeah. God said to Moses, I am who I am. <laughs> Bitch, I ain't gonna explain myself to you. I am who I am. I'm Papa, motherfucker. It makes me think of that Eminem song. I am whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, why would I say I am? In the paper, <laughs> the news, every day I am. I don't know. It's just the way I am. And then God throws a newspaper <laughs> directly in Moses's face, and it says, "God reveals Himself in burning bush." And Moses is like, "Well, fuck, He is." <laughs> But uh, it, 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 um, I think that later on the Bible calls back to this, yeah, uh, because it, you know, um, it, it's very common for God to be like, I am the great I am, like yeah. the great I am is, is, I, I guess that's maybe an indication like he is the creator of all. Well, yeah, and so it continues on. This is what you are to say to the Israelites I am has sent me to you. So, wait, I am. I Who's am. am? I don't know, but I don't find this very fucking helpful because if somebody came to me and was like, hey, I am has sent me to you. Whoa. I'm like, what the fuck? That's not even a grammatically correct <laughs> sentence. Can you can you start over, please? Because I don't understand this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am has sent me. <laughs> I don't know that person. Was that Sam? Sam I am? I don't know. I do not like green eggs and ham, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's how the book goes. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. So then he basically outlines the mission for Moses. He says, go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers. And it repeats the same fucking thing. It just said, um, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay. Um, and then he says, the elders of Israel will listen to you. Um, and there, uh, and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord of the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord, our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. So basically God just tells the entire fucking story that we're about to read in like a sentence. Kind of. Well, no, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, because God has already determined that Pharaoh's not going to let him go, but still he's like, go there and tell him, let my people go. And it, <laughs> as if that's, <laughs> as if that's going to work, like God already knows what's going to happen. That's why he's said <laughs> this entire thing. He's yeah. setting up the entire story, giving you a summary of what is, what is about to happen here. Yes. But yet he still is like, but we better give him a chance just in case I'm wrong. And it's like, you're not wrong. You're God, motherfucker. What are you talking about? But it's interesting because he knows he's not wrong. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that next chapter. 
Um, so he says, I will make the Egyptians favorably, favorably disposed towards this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for her clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. So he tells them, says, go steal all their shit, but ask them first, but it's going to happen. They're going to give it to you. Because <laughs> I will compel them. The power of not Christ. But the oh, oh, well, the of power I, of Christ am, compels you. The power of I am compels the, you. <laughs> the power of I am compels you. What are you saying? Quit throwing that fucking water in my face, <laughs> So Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Uh, uh, it's, um, the staff. We're going to say it's a staff. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's my adult pleasure device, staff. God. It's a staff. Uh, the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and became, and it became a snake and he ran from it. Uh, the, <laughs> Little stop, bitch. Stop. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took a hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Do you think any of these Pentecostal fucks think that they're going to, like, do that one day? Like, just all of a sudden, the snake is going to turn into some kind of staff as they're holding it, and instead the snake, like, bites them in the neck and fucking kills them? That does happen. I know that happens. I'm just saying, I wonder if they're like, maybe if I tempt myself enough, it'll just turn into a staff. Listeners, did you know that snake handling is illegal in Alabama? And we found without this out. a without a license, oh, you gotta well, have a license. Yeah, to... you gotta have a license, and there's only one place in Northern Alabama that has a license to and, snake handle. And they're too embarrassed to allow anybody to videotape. Yeah, you're not allowed to go if you're an outsider and you're there. Basically, you're you're gonna end up with. Uh, I don't know, something up your ass and bitten by some sort of snake. Probably a snake's head up your ass. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're not kind. They don't take kindly to outsiders. Uh -uh. <laughs> um, so, um, anyway, uh, let's see, where are we? So, this, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, and then he repeats the whole fucking Abraham, Isaac, Jacob thing has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. This gets really creepy. I don't know. Is this is this part like kind of erotic? Like all of it? <laughs> it is. Put your hand inside your cloak. But I mean, now grasp the, firm. The thing, gra the snake. Grab the snake, and it's like you know, flexible snake. You know, kind of. Um, mm. What's the word? Flaccid. Yes. And then you grab it, and it turns into a staff. I came up with that word way too quick. You did. Anyway, so anyway, now we're going to put your hand inside your cloak. So hmm. Moses puts his hand in, inside his cloak, and, and when he took it out, it was leprous. Well, this is not representative of any time you try to masturbate. Please do not let this deter you from masturbating in the future. Why do we care about anybody's masturbation habits? Well, if someone's going to touch their dick and then it becomes leprous, that seems to be a health hazard. That's yeah. like an STD. You can't get away with penicillin. Well, so it says it's so leprous doesn't necessarily mean uh, leprosy. It's just various uh, diseases affecting the skin. <laughs> Therefore, it looks like it's about to fucking fall well, off. So it says it's as white as snow. Th this particular instance. Wait, you mean his hand turned into a white walker? 
I don't know what a White Walker is. It's a Game of Thrones thing. Oh, I don't watch Game of Thrones. They're like frozen zombies. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So God tells him, now put it back into your cloak. So Moses put his hand back in his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. So the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe those two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. So basically, God has turned Moses into a parlor magician and says, go tell the Israelites and do these little tricks. <laughs> I, I can just see him right now. He does his first little trick, and they're like, oh, "He's definitely from God." There's no way that he could do this without. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just no way it can be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Moses said to God, "O oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue." So I guess Moses was remedial as fuck. I mean, is that what we're learning here? Pretty much. I mean, he's pretty much saying that he's too stupid to actually carry out this task. And, <laughs> and, and <clears throat> he, uh, you know, he's demeaning himself so that he doesn't actually have to do any kind of fucking work. Yeah. So he says, so God says to him, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Uh, sir, is this a trick question? <laughs> is <laughs> Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. But Moses is still like, "Mm, I'm not really feeling this, God. Uh, Please send someone else to do it. That's what he asked him. Please, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. So the Lord got pissed um, and his anger burned against Moses. Don't know what that means. Don't really want to. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth as it and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the miraculous signs with it. Uh, okay, so basically Aaron is the mouthpiece. Yes. And, and God has to do all this just so that Moses can get off his fucking ass and do some shit. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't live in, in whatever kind of shit hut you're living in, okay? Well, so Moses uh, went back to Jethro and said to him, let me go back to my own people in Egypt uh, to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro says, go and I wish you well. So the Lord um, had said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt for all the men who wanted to kill you were dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons, put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. So after they leave, the Lord makes a prediction. You ready? The Lord says to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you the power to do, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. So God is saying he is hardening Pharaoh's heart, not even giving him a chance to let people go. So like you were talking about before, God set all this shit up for reasons we can't really fathom because they didn't he didn't even give pharaoh the chance to do the right thing he said i will harden his heart so he will not let the people go so basically i can kill all their kids i can bring all the plagues and we can do some fucked up shit to these people well yeah and i mean it's really funny that 
God is going to leverage all of these different plagues against Pharaoh when, I mean, God knows that if, if he killed the kid, the kids right off the bat, it would let him go. But no, God is the sadistic fuck. Mm -hmm. So he's going to cause all these different plagues Mm -hmm. to be wrought upon them because he's just that kind of asshole. Well, and he's going to do this. And it's like, you know, because you've spent 400 years fucking with my people while I was, you know, busy jacking off or napping or something. Net napping. Yeah. Um, I'm going to fuck your world up. So, um, then, uh, then God tells Moses or Aaron or Moses or whoever, whoever's going to fucking talk, say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me, but you refuse to let him go. So I will kill your firstborn son. So God is saying that the Israelites are his firstborn son. They're his children. And so he's telling Pharaoh, let them go or I will kill your fuck. Nugget. (laughs) (laughs) I just see the, the portrait of Pharaoh's family. Pharaoh. Fuck Nugget. <laughs> Fuck Nugget. Why don't you go over there and get some schooling? <laughs> yeah. So th- we're in Exodus chapter four now, verses 26 th- 24 through 26. And I really don't understand why this comes out of nowhere because we just finished verse 20, 23, where it says, I will kill your firstborn son. So here we go. Ready? Totally randomly. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses. And now in, in this, let me, let me start the section with, when I say Moses in this section, it's not determinable, it's not determinable whether or not when they say Moses, if they're talking about Moses or if they're talking about his son. Okay. okay. We don't know. Um, it, the, whatever, when they translated this, it was unclear. Okay. So the Lord let, met Moses or his son and was about to kill him. But Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord left him alone. At that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. So we don't know if this is Moses or Moses' son, who he met there but and and was about to kill why would god send moses on a trip and then try to kill him also why would god send moses and his family on a trip and then try to kill moses's son this does not make any fucking sense at all none of this also did you know that bridegroom of blood is what they call circumcision (laughs) no (laughs) blood dick oath blood dick oath uh, you know, I, 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 this is my, I have to say, my favorite part of the Bible in general right here, because God just, you know, he's sitting there, he's stewing about Moses and his lip, and and he's like, you know, I'm not going to fucking stand for it. I'm tired of him walking all over me, telling me he ain't going to do shit I tell him to do. And so God shows up there, and he's like, listen, motherfucker, I'm going to kill your ass. I don't care what I told you to do. And then the wife's like, thinking on my feet, cut off the foreskin of my child and throw it at my husband. <laughs> 
<laughs> as anybody would do. Like, can you imagine, like, Bruce Wayne's parents? It's like if if his mom would have just thought on her feet and cut off her son's foreskin and threw it at her husband, we wouldn't have Batman now. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> there's an alternate universe out there where she thought that quick on her feet <laughs> it's like the guy jumps out from the out from the shadows and it's like oh honey take off your pants i need to cut off part of your dick <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know what's you know you know what's interesting is that like i don't know if it's like to me if i was witnessing this and i saw this woman deep pants her child cut a part of his dick off and throw it at her husband i'd be like i'm not gonna fuck with this bitch and i'm pretty sure that's what god thought he was like oh no <laughs> fuck this woman i'm the fuck out of here i don't care what you fucks do from this point forward <laughs> you savage and i'm staying away from you <laughs> I can. I'm just imagining it like from a third person view of it, and it's like, oh fuck this shit! I'm out. I don't care what kind of shit he has. This bitch is a freak. All right. <laughs> and just the look of a determination on her face, like cut it off, throwing it at her husband, and be like, "What are you gonna say? <laughs> what do you got now, God? <laughs> you gonna fuck with my guys, or are you gonna go the fuck away?" Listen. I got three more sons over there. I'll cut their dicks off too. So, um, God backed out and he went and saw Aaron. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm serious. That's what happened next. So, God goes and sees Aaron. <laughs> oh my God, my stomach hurts. So he says, go into the desert and meet Moses. So Aaron went to meet Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had said to him. And uh, also about the miraculous signs he had commanded them to perform. <sighs> so Moses and Aaron brought together all of the elders of the Israelites. And Aaron told them everything the Lord had said. Uh, he also performed the signs before the people and they believed him. So when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshiped. Okay. So the next part is uh, the end of Exodus chapter four. Yes. And what they do is they go through the lineage of Moses and Aaron. And basically they list out all of the Levite clans. I'm not doing it. Um, it's pointless. There's the, all it does is list names of people. And again, how long they lived. Again, this is another one of those, fuck, how can we pad this shit? It is way, it reads like a pamphlet at this point, guys. What <laughs> can we, oh, can we list out more or just, just innocuous shit? Can yeah. we do, oh, we can? Fuck, let's do that. Yeah, so it says these were the heads of their families. Now, um, if you don't know, the Hebrew for families um, refer to units larger than clans. Okay. So the heads of their families. So it lists out everybody and it says, these were the heads of the Levite families, clan by clan. We don't care, whatever. So then at the very end of chapter four, uh, sorry. Oh wait, hold on. Let's back up. Okay. So that where the Israelites believed that was the end of chapter four, for whatever reason, 
this book decides to skip ahead to chapter six, but we're going to go back to chapter five um, next time. But for those of you who aren't familiar, the daily Bible is um, 365 daily readings in chronological order. So this isn't the Bible necessarily in chapter order. It, for the most part it is, but it's in chronological order. So, um, they went through the heads of the families and then they say it was the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, bring the Israelites out of Egypt by their divisions. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, the King of Egypt about bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. It was the same Moses and Aaron. I don't understand what any of that says or why they're basically, he's saying the same Aaron and Moses that I told to do this, did this. And that's the person. Those are the people who did it. It's like, I'm going to tell you what I said, and then I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to repeat it, and then I'm going to repeat what I said again. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say, then I'm going to say it, then I'm going to tell you what I said. Uh, all right, great. I am. Could we please make this a little bit more obfuscated, please? <laughs> yeah. So that's where we are. Essentially, the Israelites now know that Moses and Aaron have come to free them. And they know of God's plan and they believe them. So next time. <laughs> Hold on. Can you just imagine like them going to a crowd and be like, listen, the great I am told me to come down here and free you folk. And they're just like, oh, well, fuck, I'm on board. Freedom? That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if they don't, here, here's what I would have done. If I was God, I would have been like, hey. Hey, if these people don't think you're serious, give Zipporah out there to cut one of your other son's dicks off and throw it at him and see if they just believe throw it. Just throw that, that foreskin <laughs> in their faces and see if they won't follow you. I can guarantee you the psychopath of a wife that you have will convince any fucking body. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but that's not what they do. So next time... Um, they're going to go to Pharaoh. Moses and Aaron are going to go to Pharaoh and they're going to tell him what happened. Um, and the, we're going to go through the plagues. Now listen, Pharaoh, I was talking to this great I am fuck. Mm -hmm. He says that he's going to kill your child if you don't let us go. First off though, he's got a lead up kind of, kind of like at a rock concert. You have about seven different bands play and you get everybody pissed off. And then the finale where we kill your son. Yeah. <laughs> Get prepared, motherfucker. Yeah, prepare your anus. Um, so that the plagues are actually spread out over two sections of this, but I might I might try to convince GE to let us do both of the sections together and get all of the plagues done in one one podcast. We'll see. Okay. We'll think about it. Mm-hmm talk and discuss but let us know down below uh anything that you thought about this uh particular episode with uh, moses and everything like that uh let me know uh down below what is your favorite rendition of this story none of the stories include the crazy uh foreskin throwing at the feet of moses like what? that is absent uh, the blood dick oath blood is 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 absent from any rendition that I know of. So, um, <laughs> it's on the road. What happens on the road stays on the road. <laughs> uh, the, the, do you, uh, I want to know if you guys like the, the Disney Prince of Egypt one. Do you like the, uh, uh, um, oh, what is it? The, uh, history of the world. Uh, the Ten Commandments. 
Yeah, uh, Ten Commandments, uh, Charlton Heston, the uh, the um, oh the one uh, with the uh, Chris uh, Christian Bale. There's there's one with Christian Bale. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's a newer one. Oh. Uh, so there's one. I would. I just want to know what is your favorite rendition of this, and l- let us know about down below so that we can know that you made it to the end of the episode. Yeah, and I hope our favorite YouTube follower, um, so probably not subscriber, maybe I don't know. I hope he shows up. Jesus saves. Oh, Jesus saves. Please comment down below. We and love bring, you, Jesus says. And bring your merry band of dislikes, please. You know we make money every time you do that shit. Yeah, well, I mean, because you got to click on the video and the video plays. And Play if you have ad. YouTube, yeah, if you have YouTube bread, I get money for that. And then mm-hmm. if you if you watch a uh, an ad, yeah, yeah I Which get that too. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, Jesus saves. Appreciate it. Huh. Appreciate your patronage. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed this particular episode, and um, I guess we will see you heathens later. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.